huge show today. We're going to give you all the updates and the backstory, what's going on behind the scenes at Twitter with Elon Musk. What is this poison pill strategy and will it work? Next, we're going to get into the serial killer that was donating to the Clinton campaign and China holding massive, large-scale exercises around the island of Taiwan while U.S. lawmakers are there for a visit. But first, a couple announcements what's going on at TPUSA. Of course, we still got the Young Women's Leadership Summit. There are still tickets available. They are going fast, though, so make sure you get yours in today. TPUSA.com slash YWLS. Make sure you use promo code POSO. It's coming up June 2nd to 4th in the Gaylord, Dallas, Texas. Next, Socialism Sucks. Some of you still haven't watched this yet. I know there's a few of you out there have yet to see it. Watch China, the world's loan shark. We go down the rabbit hole and lay it all out. What are China's plans for global dominance? What is the one belt, one road? China, the world's loan shark. You got to see this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is April 15th, 2022, Anno Domini. Today's top stories, Elon Musk. We're going to break into everything that's going on, the response from the board, the poison pill defense, what's going on with Saudi Arabia as well. Number two, Hillary Clinton donor Ed Buck sentenced to 30 years in prison for repeatedly injecting young black men with meth and killing them. We'll break it down. Third, China is staging military exercises as a group of U.S. lawmakers are visiting Taiwan. And fourth, Mexican truckers blockade border crossings over Texas inspection delays. All of this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. So Twitter is reportedly weighing a poison pill defense to prevent Elon Musk from increasing his stake in the company. The Wall Street Journal is reporting this. Bloomberg, everybody's got this out there. What are they saying? A poison pill defense is a strategy, also called a shareholder rights plan, that makes hostile takeovers more expensive and more complicated. Remember, the regime is going to do everything they can to stop Elon Musk in his tracks. They do not want this deal going forward. Let me break down what a poison pill is. A poison pill allows existing shareholders the right to purchase additional shares of the company at a discount, effectively diluting the ownership of the new hostile party they consider hostile. The Twitter board just met yesterday morning following the tech billionaire's offer to acquire the social media giant for about $42 billion, where he said, of course, that he would take the company private and unlock its extraordinary potential. During an interview at a TED conference yesterday in Vancouver, Musk suggested, as he did earlier, that free speech concerns lay behind his bid. He said it wasn't economic. That's key. He said it wasn't economics. He said that Twitter is the de facto town square. This is the area where narrative warfare takes place. This is the area where the narrative is set for the world. This is the area, by the way, where hybrid warfare takes place and continues throughout the world in variety, a variety of spectrums, whether you're talking economics, domestic politics, foreign politics, issues of war, issues of peace, whether it be China, whether it be Russia, whether it be India, trade, etc. A lot of this starts on Twitter. Now, the problem for them, the problem for them is that this may have already hit too late, may have hit too late for a poison pill. The time for a poison pill would have been before 
he came on board and announced this, not after, because he's already offering to purchase 100%. Keep in mind that this isn't a hostile takeover in the sense of purchasing 51% of the stock. That's what a poison pill is designed for. He's not offering to purchase 51%. He wants the whole kit and caboodle. He wants 100%. And so when you look into the nuts and bolts of this thing, he may actually have them cornered because they're not actually realizing what it is. And Elon Musk on Twitter has put up a series of tweets throughout the day yesterday, breaking down all of the ways that he's thought this through. They're playing checkers. He's playing chess. Chess, not checkers, ladies and gentlemen. Chess, not checkers. Because here is a key point. So Cameron Winklevoss, one of the Winklevoss twins, put up a tweet saying that Twitter is considering a poison pill to thwart Elon Musk's offer. They would rather self-immolate than give up their censorship programs. This shows you how deeply committed they are to Orwellian control of narratives and global discourse. Elon Musk responds to Winklevoss. If the current Twitter board takes actions contrary to shareholder interests, they would be breaching their fiduciary duty. The liability they would thereby assume would be titanic in scale. What does this mean? It's very simple. If they try to dilute the ownership interest, the ownership shares, through this discount scheme known as a poison pill, then the existing shareholders can sue the board because they're not considering the deal. They're trying to kill the, the deal's already on the table. And if the deal's already on the table, it's still a better deal than diluting the shares and losing money. You have a fiduciary duty as a publicly held company. That means it would open them up to liability from the shareholders. And who's one of the largest shareholders of Twitter currently? Again, that's Elon Musk. So he would then be able to sue them for breaching their fiduciary duty. Do you see what he's saying? It's one of the most, um, I've been on Twitter, it'll be 10 years next month. This is one of the most carefully crafted tweets I've ever seen. Because what Elon Musk is doing, very, you have to read between the lines, you have to understand how this all works. Elon Musk is saying, he will, and he'll get everybody on board that wants to come with him. He will directly and personally sue the board of Twitter for breaching this. And he might still very well in that scenario end up the overall leader of Twitter. Listen to this right here. He put up a poll yesterday. Taking Twitter private at $54.20 should be up to the shareholders, not the board. How do you vote? Yes or no? Currently, with 2.6 million votes on the poll, 83% say yes 83 percent, and then we also saw the saudis by the way we're not even sure how much the saudis own of twitter at this point saying that they reject it and it was this this prince who's kind of been in and out of favor elon musk responds interesting just two questions if i may how much of twitter does the kingdom of saudi arabia own directly and indirectly and next what are the kingdom's views on journalistic freedom of speech so guess what ladies and gentlemen We live at this point in an oligarchy, is what it is, certainly when it comes to the governance of our social media enterprises. The real question becomes, the real question becomes, who should be in charge? Because it's going to be unelected billionaires. It's going to be unelected billionaires. Sorry, sorry to burst your bubble. 
But until we have any kind of regulatory framework in place, that's what it's going to be. I believe it should be a public utility. I believe all of these internet communications utilities should be public utilities. It should be, Twitter should be a, a standard. Twitter should be a standard that other apps use, just like text messaging is a standard. Twitter should be a standard. It should, it should be open source. It should not be, but you know, that's obviously a much longer discussion. What Elon's doing here is putting the kingdom of Saudi Arabia in a bind. Because I don't want the kingdom of Saudi Arabia controlling Twitter. I don't want the CCP controlling Twitter. I don't want Russia you know, controlling Twitter. I don't want the CIA controlling Twitter. I don't want any of these people controlling Twitter. At this point, if I got to choose, I'm going with Elon Musk. Now, personally, I still ain't on board with Neuralink and all that other stuff, at least for myself. Not speaking, obviously, for people with disabilities that want to do that to be able to maintain... Uh, some type of of motion or movement or prosthetic limbs, etc. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about myself. I'm talking about healthy people going on board with Neuralink and getting this, you know, augmented reality, heads up display, all of that stuff. Not into it. Just straight up not into it. But when it comes to Twitter, gotta say, I'm on board. So all of Lent, right? Today's the last Friday of Lent. So all of Lent, we can't do meat on Fridays, but that changes. All that changes after Easter. And then we go back, we can get meat on Fridays. And I know that I'm going to be telling Tanya Tay that she says, sweetheart, what would you like for dinner? I'm going to say, do we have any good ranchers left? Because I'm telling you, I want to eat every single piece of meat that comes in the case when they send it to you. Good Ranchers, it is delicious. 100% American meat delivered directly to my door. The price, you cannot beat it. And by the way, if you use promo code POSO, you're going to get free express shipping. It's just that easy. What do you do? GoodRanchers.com slash POSO. GoodRanchers.com slash POSO. You use promo code POSO. You get $30 off and the free shipping, so you're going to want that. And they are Christ followers as well there. What do they have? Prime and upper choice beef. Highest quality possible. Ribeyes, T-bones, New York strips, and more. Burgers, Wagyu, steak burgers, and Wagyu burgers. Pre-trimmed, pre-marinated chicken breasts that are so delicious and tender. You've got to get these things into your fridge right now. Go to goodranchers.com slash poso. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. Ed Buck. See, there's a name that if he were a conservative donor, everybody would know. Everybody in the world would be talking about this. But because he was a liberal donor, a mega liberal mega donor, the story is out there, but it's not really part of the main narrative. It's not really part of the trending narrative. And by the way, this is an important example to explain to everybody. What these news outlets will do, because they understand how narrative warfare works, they'll put out an article They'll post it to their website, but then they don't promote it. They don't promote it on social media. It doesn't go to the mainstream media networks. It doesn't go anywhere. Keep in mind, so another example of this is the Durham investigation. There's a special counsel investigation going on right now into the Clinton campaign, the CIA, and the FBI. There's also a grand jury going on right now into Hunter Biden over in Delaware. But you notice you're not getting the drip, drip, drip of it the way that you would with the Mueller investigation. Why is that? That's because of narrative warfare. Story selection bias is one of the most powerful facets, one of the most powerful weapons of the mainstream media. Power selection, story selection bias. One of their most powerful, powerful weapons. 
So here you go, people.com. And then the way they'll, the way they get around this, they say, oh, well, we posted it to our website. Yeah, but you didn't promote it, right? So you post on the website, but you don't promote it. So therefore it doesn't get injected. And we know what it's like when they promote, they're sending out the, the notifications, the push notifications, they're sending out updates, they're sending out text messages, they're contacting all their friends, all their buddies in cable news. It's going all over the place. That's not what we see here. But People.com prominent political donor Ed Buck sentenced for 30 years for causing the fatal overdoses of two black young men. This guy was a serial killer. United States attorney Tracy L. Wilkinson said this defendant preyed upon vulnerable victims, men who were drug dependent and often without homes to feed an obsession that led to death and misery. The imposition of a life sentence against Mr. Buck, which he argued for, completes the tragedy of this case. He should not have been prosecuted. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. That's that's the defense. They're saying he should not be, you know, you know, he shouldn't be prosecuted. This is a tragic accident, et cetera, et cetera. No, no, no. Here's how it went down. He called these party and play sessions that went on from 2011 to September 2019. Ed Buck solicited men, some of whom were homeless or struggling with drug addiction, to consume narcotics that he provided and then perform sexual activities in his apartment, which prosecutors deemed a lethal and unchecked pattern of reckless dis- disregard for human life. Buck found his victims, guys, a serial killer, I'm telling you, found his victims on social media, dating websites, and even word of mouth from other victims, giving a finder's fee to those who gave references. The businessman would then give out drugs like methamphetamines, GHB, a.k.a. the date rate drug, and clozapam, and then sometimes injected victims with drugs intravenously in a practice known as slamming. He also sexually assaulted the victims once they lost consciousness, per the Justice Department. This guy had a party and play fetish, and he turned into a serial killer. And this was a massive donor to so many far-left causes, to Congressman Ted Lieu, Congressman Adam Schiff, and Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's campaign for president. This was one of their major donors. He was even part of the Electoral College in 2016 for the left. Understand, story selection bias. This stuff is sick. It is heinous and it's disgusting. An actual serial killer who got away with it for years. Why? Because he was doing this in Hollywood and because he had powerful political connections through his money. So mark my words, mark my words. Every time they want to bring up, every time they want to bring up something like this, there's two names you got to say. Ed Buck, Jeffrey Epstein. Why was he in and around your campaigns? Why were you taking money from these guys? And people want to bring up, by the way, they always want to bring up Donald Trump and Jeffrey Epstein. So somebody responded to me on Twitter the other day and said, what about Trump and Epstein? Well, you're going to talk about Ed Buck. What about Trump and Epstein? So, okay, fine. Fine, we'll talk about Trump and Epstein. Trump banned Jeffrey Epstein from his properties and went to the authorities and said, how can I help you put this guy away? They stated that. The authorities stated that. Former President Clinton, on the other hand, traveled secretly on that plane to that island. So let's go. Let's put up the facts. Let's put up the receipts. Dalong Taishilaila. Dalong Taishilaila. The great dragon is waking up. Great dragon is waking up. So early this morning, get up, go to do my news scan. What do I see out there? 
Beijing sending its new stealth fighters to the South China Sea and staging military drills around Taiwan in the midst of a U.S. congressional visit. Large-scale military drills around the island of Taiwan with frigates, bombers, and fighters, including the J-20 stealth fighter starting patrols of the SCS. These aggressive moves are intimidated, intended to intimidate the U.S. delegation visiting Taiwan. A PLA spokesperson stated, those who play with fire will burn themselves. Now understand, Taiwan makes 90% of the world's semiconductor products. This is Silicon Valley West for the world's semiconductors. And I wish, by the way, I wish that those semiconductors were made right here in the United States of America. And I understand they're building some of these semiconductor fabrication sites in Phoenix. All for it. Love it. But that's the situation we have now. So here we go. A task force, this is from DailyMail.com, a task force of frigates and bombers and fighters maneuvered near Taiwanese waters in a move the People's Liberation Army said was intended to target the, the, quote, wrong signals sent by the United States in its show of support for Taiwan. Meanwhile, the J-20 stealth fighter, widely considered to be an attempted clone of the U.S. F-35 jet, will start patrols of the South China Sea in a renewed effort to dominate the contested waters with parts claimed by Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, and Vietnam, respectively. This operation is in response to the recent frequent release of wrong signals by the United States on the Taiwan issue, according to People's Liberation Army Eastern Theater Command spokesman Shi E. Liu, without mentioning the visiting U.S. lawmakers. He also stated, The U.S. bad actions and tricks are completely futile and very dangerous. Those who play with fire will burn themselves. And you've got a ton of... Uh, you have senators and congressmen meeting with President Tsai Ing-wen right now, including Senator Lindsey Graham and Bob Nenendez, who's the current chairman of the U.S. Senate Foreign Relations Committee. They're in Taipei, Taiwan right now. Xi Jinping has ordered these J-20 fighters down. This is a very serious event. And people need to be very careful when they're talking about this. Do not count out the CCP. Look what they're doing in Shanghai. That lockdown situation in Shanghai is exactly what Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, Davos, that's what they want to institute in the United States and across the West writ large. This is the type of authoritarianism, the type of regime that these people want to have in place. They want that level of power over the people of Taiwan. And then you've got people across the West that want that level of power over us. And if you don't believe me, look at what Prime Minister Trudeau did to the truckers of Canada. Go and look what he did to those truckers. You can see it right there. The proof is in the Canadian pudding. All right. That was a crackdown. The same way that we saw Macron check down in France, President Macron cracking down on the gilets jaunes, the yellow vests, when they were protesting. These were brutal crackdowns. And we all know what they would be called if they were in China or Russia. But when they happen in the West, they don't even get reported on. Again, the mainstream media's story selection bias. So understand, I've, I've outlined this so many times. Our leaders were going over to China. I saw them with my own two eyes in Shanghai years ago. They would come in, they would see the power of the CCP, the unbridled, unmitigated, unlimited power of the CCP. And they would say, you know what? I don't want to be more open and democratic. I want to be more like the CCP. So happy Easter. Another story that comes out of the annals of globalism 
congratulations, right? You know, celebrate globalism. We love globalism. Diversity is our strength. ZeroHedge.com has it up. A Mexican border blockade threatens to leave U.S. supermarkets without produce ahead of Easter. More than $100 million worth of Mexican produce is stuck at the U.S.-Mexico border due to a trucker blockade on the Mexican side over Texas Governor Greg Abbott's new border search policy, where they're inspecting trucks. This disruption could leave some U.S. supermarkets without produce ahead of Easter weekend. Mexican truckers have shut down the Reynosa International Bridge, one of the busiest trade crossings in the Rio Grande Valley, according to and handles a large volume of fresh produce. The Washington Examiner reports the bridge was forced to reopen Thursday after drug cartel members torched several trucks who really cleared the Reynosa Produce Bridge. Members of organized crime burned for so you. This you this is so bad. Now, the truckers were blocking the bridge. But the cartels didn't like the bridges being blocked because they've got their own type of material going through that bridge. So the cartels that control the border states started setting the trucks on fire down in Mexico. So they were trying to get a Mexican freedom convoy going. That's what they were trying to get. But the cartels didn't like that. They didn't like the blockade. So instead of going there, instead of threatening to arrest them, instead of doing anything like that, the cartels started setting the trucks on on fire. This is what happens when we live next to a cartel-controlled narco state like we do right now just across the southern border. They said about $150 million worth of fruit and vegetables inbound to the United States was halted at the bridge. Going into Easter weekend, consumers will see store shelves devoid of certain items. Dante Gilarazzi, CEO of the TIPA, warned. Abbott ordered commercial trucks last week from Mexico to undergo a second layer of inspection by state troopers to search for drugs. Truckers were furious with the governor because transit time was dramatically slowed, so they blocked traffic in protest. The cartels set them on fire. Ladies and gentlemen, can we do something about the cartel wars going on right now just south of our border? And that's all the time we have today for Human Events Daily. As always, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us. Share this out with one, just one of your normie friends, and then leave us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. So today, uh, we're audio only in observance of Good Friday. Um, Turning Point USA is making this a, um, a company holiday, and so we're giving folks off who want to celebrate, to commemorate this day, to remember this day that Christ died for our sins part of the passion tide the day of the passion itself if you ever have the opportunity i urge you go to jerusalem walk the via della rosa see the actual stations of the cross and walk them yourself and be able to visit that land I'm going to be coming up this Saturday on War Room. Steve Bannon and I have put together an Easter special. It's pre-recorded. It's coming out on Saturday. I urge you to go and listen to that. We break down all of this. What did we talk about today? Number one, Elon Musk, the response from the board, the poison pill in Saudi Arabia. Next, we talked about the Hillary Clinton donor, Ed Buck, the serial killer, sentenced to 30 years in prison. Third, China staging military exercises as bipartisan coup a group of U.S. lawmakers visit Taiwan. And finally, the Mexican truckers blockading the border and the cartel's response to it. As I said before, today is Good Friday. And so I'll just end it with this. In nomine Patri, et Filio, 
Spiritus Santo. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.